0: We are dealing with a fascinating topic regarding nursing, a uh, wife's obligation to nurse her children. And we're going to get to an interesting question of, are, is human milk kosher? Uh, since uh, human beings are not kosher, and usually milk from a non-kosher animal is also not kosher, so why should human milk be kosher? From there, we'll talk about uh, human blood, and lots of other interesting topics. So we begin, Imaya Makira. Uh, Braita mentioned that a woman has, uh, the Mishnah mentioned that a woman has an obligation to uh, nurse her children. That's part of the basic obligations of a wife to her husband. However, if they get divorced, then the the woman no longer has an obligation. The man has an obligation to provide for all of the family, for his children, so it's his problem. And therefore, uh, he would have to hire a wet nurse to, uh, to nurse the child. Um, however, the Braita adds that if the child, if the baby, recognizes the mother and would not want to nurse from, uh, from a, a foreign woman, then the husband has to pay his, his ex-wife uh, a salary to nurse their child. Okay, good. So now we ask about that. Ad kama. How old is a child usually have to be that he would recognize his mother? The older, the more chance that he will recognize his mother and not want to nurse from someone else. Amar ava. Amar av Aba, Amar av. sheloshah So Rav says, three months. Ushmuel amar sheloshim yom. 30 days. Uh, this statement of Shemuel, there are manuscripts where it's instead of the name of Shemuel, it says Ravi Huda Amar Shemuel. You see, that's only in two manuscripts uh, Munich and the Furkovich manuscript. In other ones, it just says Shemuel. This is going to be important uh, in a minute. Uh, so either three months or 30 days. He said Ravi Huda says 50 days. Now, Amarav Shimi Bar Abaye Shamar He says is 50 days. V'Ribi Ochanan V'echad Ki Now we understand the one that said the longer amounts, either 3 months or 50 days, and each child will be according to its intelligence. Some are a little quicker and already in 50 days they recognize their mother, some it takes them more time, it may take up to 30 days. Uh, thir- three three months. And so, actually, there's not necessarily a machloket here. They're just talking about the uh, different stages, different children develop differently. And so this would be, um, uh, you know, a quicker kid or a slower kid. But Shimuel, who says, 30 days. Did you ever see a baby that already in one month recognizes its mother and would refuse uh, to nurse from another woman? That seems too young ata Rami Yehuda So when Rami Bariah came, he said, do not listen, do not pay attention to the rules uh, that my brother Yehuda said in the name of Shemuel. So Rami Bariah was brothers with Yehuda Bariah Hezkel. Yehuda is the famous Rav Yehuda, second-generation Amorah, who is constantly quoting both Rav and Shemuel. He was a student of both of them. Uh, so uh, Rami, his brother, was also a sage in his own right, says, don't listen to my brother's uh, tradition in the name of Shemuel. You see, Why? that's why it was important that in those two manuscripts it says here amada vihuda Amar shemuel so this statement was said in by Huda. dami says that was an incorrect statement and shemuel did not say that because it doesn't make sense there, there we don't find infants that already recognize their mother after 30 days Uh, Rather, he fixes it. Um, It could be that those two manuscripts that have it uh, added it, added in Ravi Huda because of this statement now later that now we see that that was said by Ravi Huda, even though the other manuscripts don't have it. So, according to those, we just have to infer, even though it didn't say. It didn't say uh, any tradent. Uh, we can infer from here that it was Rabi Huda. Okay, anyway, Rami Bar says in the name of Shemuel, As long as the infant recognizes her. So it's not any fixed age. He's not going to go by some kind of average at the others or maximum or minimum. He says whenever it is, you have to do a do a test and check to see if the baby recognizes its mother if it does then the husband can force her pay her and also force her to take care of the child otherwise the child will be in danger <laughs> there was a divorcee that came and came to Shmuel, and she did not want to nurse her son so amaleh l'rav dimi bad yosef told go and check to see if the infant recognizes its mother if it doesn't, then then she she's off the hook and the husband, well, the father, will have to go and find someone. So they did a kind of a lineup, uh, not to find who the criminal is, but to see if the baby would recognize the mother. So he went and put the mother in a row of other women and uh, took, the, took the child, the Rav Dimi, took the child in his arms and placed it on the lap of each woman in turn to see uh, what the, how the what the baby's reaction would be. Ki when it came to its mother, hava kamasvele apa. The child turned and looked at the mother with joy obviously recognized its own mother. The mother averted her eyes from the baby because she didn't want to nurse him and so did not want to be recognized. But that didn't work. Kum and so the rabbi said, "You open, uh, lift up your eyes, and take your son, and uh, go and nurse him." Right? Obviously, this baby does recognize you. Uh, this Aramaic "Kum deri berich" happens to also be the Aramaic translation of "Kumi si etanaad," which the angel tells Hagar uh, when it says, "You know, you're going to be all right, and here's a well of water. Go and pick up the child, Ishmael and he's going to live, he's going to be fine. And this is after uh, Haggad gave up hope and abandoned her son under a bush. So it's interesting that it uses those exact words. The rabbi used those exact words. Could be he he was making a reference just like got tried to m- abandon her baby, but, uh, but uh, was not it, did not in the end, so too you tried to abandon your baby, but you may not. Okay, so now, Soma, minayada. we have a question, how does a blind baby know its mother? Uh, over here, it looks, it says the, the baby saw his mother and recognized her face, but what if it's a blind baby? Amar Rav even a blind baby knows its mother through smell and taste which I do believe is scientifically true, that babies can smell and taste the mother's milk and recognize it. ad Okay, related braita that says uh, that a child is allowed to continue nursing for 24 months. <clears throat> Uh, but after 24 months, it's like nursing from a non-kosher animal. Uh, in other words, uh, uh, human beings are... Uh, somewhere in between kosher and non-kosher. If they were totally not kosher, you would not be able to, even though a child, you know, we don't stop them from, uh, you don't have to stop them from eating not kosher, but we don't feed them not kosher. Um, But here you can feed a child human milk, obviously. So it's not quite the same exactly as eating from a non-kosher animal, Uh, but uh, it'd be as giving a time limit for two years. That's permitted. It's fine. It's kosher. But once the kid is over two years, they don't need their mother's milk anymore. They can eat regular food, and therefore, uh, one should stop. And it's uh, the is similar to eating from a non-kosher animal. Rabbi Yeshua says no, you don't have to stop. Sometimes uh, 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 mothers want to continue nursing and you can continue even for four or five years. That's totally fine. However, if she nursed for uh, 24 months or more and stopped, then she may not start again nursing that child. Uh, So within 24 months, uh, she can start, even if she takes a break, she can go back, that's fine, but once twenty-four months comes and she and she takes a break and stops, then the baby's on her own. You can't return a nurse. That would be like uh, eating, uh, having milk from a non-kosher animal. So the Biur is more lenient. Amar Mor, Mikan Yonek Sheres. So we're going to quote this part of the Brin that says it's like uh, from uh, taking from a non-kosher animal. Well, meaning we have a challenge to this. Ya chaleb. Uh, so this is a Braita comes from a midrash halacha that asks: Can it be that milk from a biped, meaning referring to human beings, is milk from a human being, tameh, tam- meaning not kosher? Can it be? Now there is a there is a kavahome that we're going to quote that would seem to say yes, the human milk should be not kosher. But then we're going to quote a pasuk that is going to argue that. Uh, actually, it is kosher. So uh, while you just said here that it's like from not kosher, but the following beraita is going to argue that human milk is kosher. So let's see. Now here's the kavachomid that's going to prove that human milk would not be kosher. Uh, regarding an animal where we are lenient regarding tumah of touching it, there's a rule that any animal that's alive, a live animal is not tame, does not receive tumah, does not impart tumah um uh, where uh, even though it's milk uh milk meat uh, the flesh and milk of an non kosher animal is prohibited so we're stringent on that now does compare that to a human being adam a human being is more tame in that a human a live human being can contract Tum'ah can uh impart tuma so a human being is more tameable than a live animal and odin chet so we all the more so we should be more stringent regarding the milk from a human. This the is interesting because it's uh, interchanging two different two different definitions of tameh. The word tameh in the Torah sometimes it means an animal that's tameh, meaning not kosher, and sometimes it means ritual impurity. If you're impure like that, you can't go to the Beit Hamikdash and eat teruma. Eat so these are actually two completely different. Uh, different definitions of Tum'ah, if one, even if you touch a pig, uh, you still don't become tame. Even if you eat a pig, you wouldn't become, that's, that is a tame animal, and that's prohibited, but one would not become Tameh, ritually impure, you wouldn't have to go to the Mikveh after. So, but nevertheless, since it's the same word, we're making such a Kalvachomer to learn that it seems human milk should be prohibited, Therefore, Tamodomar et ki Ma Ale Gerahu Hutame Veen Haleb Haleb Mehalecheshame Elatahor. We're going to learn from this Pasuk regarding a non kosher animal. We can see the Pasuk inside here in Vaikra. It says, um this is what you should not eat from anything that either chews its cud or has um, uh, 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 true hooves, meaning it has one or the other. So one of the animals that has uh, only one, a camel does chew his cud, but it does not have a split hoof. Uh, so therefore, tamehu lachem, it is not kosher. So notice it says the word who actually twice, and then it says tamehu lachem. And who is a limiting word. saying this is prohibited but we can infer from this that there is something else that is similar but is permitted and so what is that something else so it means this is tameh, and uh, the rabbis learned from since it says both here and in devarim that this animal is not kosher we can infer that both the flesh and the milk is not kosher fine so for an anim- for a camel we know that its flesh and its milk is not kosher but the limiting word says only its milk is not kosher but the milk of another being, which is a biped, a human being, is tahor. So from this we learn that human milk is kosher. Um, and it continues, Bakol, Velo Bakol. Now what about human blood? I might think that maybe the limiting word who is only limit is only permitting human milk, which is not uh, uh which is not does not apply to everyone um because only women produce milk not men and perhaps i would not exclude human blood which is prohibited by uh, all human blood uh, all humans have blood and therefore is prohibited uh, to, uh, across the board. So I might think that since blood is more, has of stringency, that milk does not, that human milk is permitted, but human blood should be not permitted. So that's why it says the word who, um, this could be referring to the second who in that pasuk, which is a further limiting word to teach me that only the blood of a camel is prohibited and other non-kosher animals, but the blood of a human being is actually kosher, uh, which is very interesting. Another interpretation of this line that milk is not across the board, but blood is, is regarding kosher animals. Co- regarding kosher animals, their milk is permitted. Uh, whereas blood is prohibited not only for non kosher animals, the blood of kosher animals is also not allowed. That's why we have to salt the meat if we're going to uh, cook it. Um, okay so that that's uh so this is interesting because this means that not only milk but also blood of a human being is permitted so if you ask what about the flesh of a human being I mean how could the is is, is the flesh considered prohibited like a non- kosher animal is a human being considered like a non- kosher animal since we don't chew our cut and have have a uh, uh, split hooves um, if so if a human being is the same as a non- kosher animal then really uh, the blood and milk should also be prohibited it the commentaries offer different theories about what would be the prohibition against eating human flesh some would say related to or desecrating the body Rambam has a very interesting halacha that uh, a human being even though it says regarding him by he so it calls a human being a live animal nevertheless his laws are not the same as a haya uh, because and is not does not not included in a law taase um, and probably because we do consider its blood, uh, human blood and milk per- per- permitted. So you can't say it's the same as non kosher animals. And therefore, someone who does eat from human flesh or it's a forbidden fat or it's other, in an animal, what would be forbidden fat, whether the person is, uh, whether it's a limb from a live person or from a dead person, would not get lashes as one would get lashes if you ate pig or something like that. Um, so, what is the prohibition? It's asur בְּאָסֵה. Shalem Anakatuv Shibat Shibat Mineh Hayav Amar Behen Zot Hayav Shetochelu. Since the Torah mentions uh, mentions seven species of hayot that are. Permitted and that human beings are not one of them. So, therefore, anything except for these is a lav, habamik la la se, which is an ase. So, we can infer from this that human beings are not one of these and therefore are not kosher. Since it says, you may eat these and human being is not, is not included, so the prohibition is actually a level, uh, at a level of misfat ase. A misfat alav that comes from Misfat ase is a lower level than the misfat lo ta'aseh. So, uh, theoretically, if you're on a, for, uh, on a deserted island with no food and you're going to starve to death and you can choose to eat uh, your buddy or a pig, um, the prohibition against pig would be a lower prohibition theoretically. Um, okay, so that is absolutely fascinating. Uh, in any case, when we come back to this, we see that there is a problem because this, according to this baraita, human milk is permitted. And uh, up here, we mentioned that I said sheditz before. It's actually connect shekets. Shekets, a non-kosher animal. Um, if after two years, uh, then human milk is like uh, nursing from a non-kosher animal. So how could you say that human milk is like a sheketz if this uh proved that it is permitted? Furthermore, Not only is there no biblical prohibition against milk and blood, there's not even a uh, rabbinic uh, prohibition refraining someone from having milk. So it's totally permitted. Why would you say it's like a sheketz? The answer is Lakashya. Ha de Parish? Ha de la Parish? If it depends, if the milk has is separated from the woman's body, if she pumped it into a cup, then it's uh, then it's permitted um, but if it's uh, if it's uh, if it did not was not removed it, if some if uh, if one is nursing directly from a woman then it's permitted for a baby to do but that would be prohibited that would be like a shake so that's the idea when when uh, you have an infant uh, was under either two years old or four and five years old, then it's permitted, there's no problem at all, and that's what this Badaita is referring to, there's no problem, uh, whereas when it says, when the rabbis say it, it's like a Sheketz, it's not saying it's, a, it's, it's, uh, it's actually the same as a Sheketz, but that would be a prohibition um, only when uh, it's coming directly from the mother, which means that uh, an adult who wants to drink uh, pumped milk is permitted. Now this is the opposite law from blood. If one has a human blood on a piece of uh, of bread, I don't know, he has a cut and he was touching the bread and there's some blood on the bread, you have to you have to scrape it off and only then you can eat the rest of it so you're not allowed to eat blood that came out of the body Uh, whereas the the blood still within the body like if someone is uh, their gums are bleeding and uh, and then he he doesn't want to spit it out he can um, suck it and swallow it and there's no problem with that so you see blood is the opposite of milk Milk, if it's uh, detached from the body, then is permitted to if to anyone, even an adult. Um, but one cannot, uh, an adult cannot uh, um, have milk directly from a from a from a woman. Whereas uh, for blood, it's the opposite. if the blood's separated from the body, it's prohibited, but if it's directly from the body, it's permitted. This was actually a practical case. My son got all of his wisdom teeth out, and the doctor said he is he should not spit out it' it's bleeding it bleeds for many hours and he's not allowed to spit it out um, because then that will open the wound but has to swallow it. So that was in fact permitted uh, since it's already in his mouth, he is uh, he was allowed to swallow it. If this applies to uh, if you have a wound somewhere else, not in your mouth, but on your skin somewhere, and uh, you want to suck the blood, uh is that permitted or not? Is a machloket between Rashi and Tosafot here. Okay. Amar uh, so Rabbi Yoshua omed Afilu Arba Fe so said, even four or five years. Hold on, how could, how could Rabbi could Yoshua say four or five years in a different bright? Rabbi Yoshua says, even if the baby, or now toddler, is holding a package on his shoulder. He's old enough to walk and carry a package on his shoulder. Still, it's permitted for it to nurse and this is there's no contradiction. That's about four or five. The kid already can uh, walk and carry something. Amar of Yosef and Alcha is like the more lenient independent of Yoshua that as long as she's continually nursing, uh, a baby um, is allowed to nurse even till four or five years old. Tanya Go halav be shabbat. he says that if someone is coughing, if someone is ill, um, he can suck milk from an animal's udder, like a goat's udder, uh, directly on Shabbat. This was therapeutic for some kind of disease. To have that warm milk directly, um, you can do that. Now, the problem is, so first of all, it's permitted uh, during the week. Now, on Shabbat, you're not allowed to milk a uh, an animal. Uh, that is a problem of dash. Dash is taking the kernel of wheat out of its husk. And so this is a tolada, similar in taking, removing uh, milk that's edible from its source. So generally it would be prohibited to milk an animal on Shabbat. But in this case, where a person is sick, it's permitted. The, answer, the reason is because if one is uh, sucking it directly from the animal's udder, that is not a usual way of milking, a, milking an animal, usually you, you milk it with your hands. So since you're doing it in an unusual way, that makes it and if someone is suffering because they're sick, then the rabbis do not make a gezerah, so uh, therefore it's permitted. In fact, that is the halacha. A similar Shabbat law is that if uh, someone has a gutter or drain pipe and has all kinds of weeds, grass in it, and now the water is getting stuck, And it may overflow and come into the roof and cause damage. So you can go and walk on it and crush it as long as it's in private. Now, this would be a problem of fixing something. Uh, It was broken before and now you're fixing it and you can use it as as and so even though that generally is prohibited on Shabbat, if it's in private and no one will see you, you can do it. Because this is an unusual way to do it. Usually you'd use a tool to clean it out. Here you're using your feet. So since it's an unusual way, that turns it into a and in the case of loss, where the damage will be caused by this water, if you don't do it, uh, it's permitted. Yosef, says that is the halacha. Now we mentioned that according to uh, Rabbi Yehoshua who says that even four or five years, uh, but it has to be continuous. If she stopped nursing after two years, then she's not allowed to go back. And if she does, it's like nursing from a non-kosher animal. So the answer is, how long is considered a break that you then could not go back? Three days. If a mother, after two years, stops nursing her baby for more than three days, then she cannot uh, return to nurse it. And uh, others have a different, it's also three days, but others say it's not a statement of an Amorah, but rather of a Tana. In the first version, it's, Rabbi Yehudah Bar said in the name of Shmuel. So Shmuel, the first generation Amorah said it. In the second version, Rabbi Yehudah Bar recited this following Baraita, Taneh, in front of Shemuel, but he's actually quoting a Taneetic source. This is kind of fascinating that uh, this, uh, what might have been originally a Baraita, was then quoted as Amar Rav Yudha in the name of Shemuel, or maybe the other way around, we're not sure. Uh, but this could be an insight into why sometimes you have a statement of an amora and then Tanya Namehachi, We said, oh, there's a Baraita that says the exact same words. Well, you see here an example of a case where uh, there's a statement that originated either by Shemuel or Abraita, but the attribution, just with the word Taneh uh, and the change in the word Amar for Kameh uh, would uh, change the attribution from a or to an American source or vice versa. Tenor Meneket Shemet Ba'ala Esrim Harezo Lo Titares Ve'lo Um If a nursing woman um, uh, whose husband died within 24 months. Uh, so now the the baby is completely dependent on this mother. So she is not allowed to remarry. Um, she can't get engaged. She cannot remarry. Until the 24 months are up from the day the, the, the baby was born. Not since the husband died. Uh, because we want to protect the child. We want to make sure the child gets its nourishment and, and it needs that, that its mother's milk for two years, and if she gets remarried, then she may become pregnant, and uh, if she come, becomes pregnant, then uh, she her, her milk will dry up. The second husband will not have any obligation to feed this baby, and so is not going to necessarily go and find a wet nurse because it's not his baby. Why should he have to pay for it? And she can't nurse it, and so that will put the baby in danger, and therefore uh, this uh, widow should uh, wait and uh, until her, her her baby is independent and doesn't need her anymore, and only then get remarried. That's what the says. The Matir Asar Chod says. Eighteen months is enough, not twenty-four. The baby will be okay. Amar Rabbi Natan bar Yosef Hen Hen ibre Bet ben Hen Hen ibre betilel. Uh, Rabbi Natan says this machloke between these uh, these uh, later Tanaim, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Judah, parallels already a machloke between Bet and Betilel. Tillel. Shemai omrim asim omrim shemona asal widow, even though Bet said uh, uh, early yesterday. That a wife does not need to, it's not one of the obligations of a wife uh, to her husband that she needs to nurse her child. Um, but once the child is dependent on the mother and the husband dies, the wife is not allowed to get remarried for 24 months. So is machmir on it. Betilel says 18 months, um, like Rabbi Yehuda, or rather, Rabbi Yehuda is like Betilel. Has a decision in this regard. He says, according to the opinions above that said 24 months, actually she's already allowed to get married after 21 months. Because, in any case, even if she gets married now, uh, the pregnancy will not develop until three months later. And so there's no danger for her milk drying up right at the beginning of pregnancy. So, even after 21 months, even if she gets pregnant right away, she still will have a full 24 months of nursing. And according to the one who says that a woman needs 12, uh, 18 months, uh, she can already remarry after 15 months. Because the milk will only uh, uh, um, spoil after three months of pregnancy. All right, who do we follow Halakha like? Amar Ula. Halakha karebi Yehuda. Halakha karebi who says um only is the most more lenient one that says all you need is 18 months and Marukba said that said that he can when he had a case he is allowed to he um he was allowed to marry such a woman after 15 months so in other words following and Rashbag, that when we say you need 18 months altogether that means fifty really 15 months until you get married. Uh, the sharecropper of Abaye came to Abaye and he, had, he was in exactly this situation. He wants to marry someone who is nursing a baby and he said, can I do Kiddushin do when the baby is 15 months old? First of all, we have a general rule that between a and Abaye so that's the more lenient one. And furthermore, we follow bet against bet And he's also the one that said 18 months. And he's quoting these two statements here that says the law is like to And Morukva uh, had such a case and the said you can marry after 15 months. And you, all the more so, you're only trying to do Kiddushin. And then you're only going to get married at some point after that. So you're not in danger. You're not going to have a child. She's not going to become pregnant again um, until after the Nisuin. So all the more so, it's permitted for you. So Abaye said, no problem. When Abaye came to his teacher, Rav Yosef, and he, they were discussing this matter. Rav Yosef said, "Rav Shmuel, damret tarvayu siri chalamtin aslim ve'al b'chodesh chutz miyom shenolad bo, vechutz miyom shenit adas habo." But Rav Shmuel said, "We do not follow the leaning independence for halacha, but rather even more stringent." Uh, we have to wait 24 months, and that's not including the day it was born. You have to start counting from the day after it was born. And it's not including the day of Kiddushin, but you have to do Kiddushin the day after the 24 months is finished. And that's talking about Kiddushin, not just Nisu'in. So you have to wait a full 24 months from uh, after the baby is born. So after uh, Baye heard that, he realized that he made, gave them a mistaken ruling. <speaking> So he ran after that tenant farmer to, to give him the update that actually is prohibited. And he ran either three uh, uh, three Persian miles, or some say it was only one Persian mile, but it was running in the sand, which is uh, three, two, three times more difficult than running on a road but he was not able to catch up to him and so he felt bad about that and now he recognized the wisdom of what the sage said one should not give a halachic ruling um in front of his of his of his rabbi if his rabbi is nearby then he should go ask the rabbi first and not give a ruling independently even if it's about a simple matter of like an egg and kutach kutach is a dairy uh a yogurt um dish and um even everybody knows an egg even though an egg comes from a chicken you're allowed to eat an egg with dairy. Even though this is a simple law that everybody knows, even that, you go double-check with your own rabbi first, even if you're Abaye. He should have checked with Rav Yosef first and said, "I'm double-checking, egg and milk is okay, it's okay, and then only then answer. Not only because it appears disrespectful. If your teacher is around and you go and give halachic rulings, it looks like you're not treating your uh, rabbi with respect, not only that reason also because you won't be successful in giving a proper ruling you'll end up making a mistake like that happened exactly here so even though even though I actually learned this law of Rab and Shimuel, who said you have to wait full twenty four months, but at the time that the the sharecropper asked. I wasn't. Ha- I didn't think of it, and I gave him a wrong answer. And so you see that I should have always checked with Rav Yosef, even though it's something that I actually knew. Um, double check, because, like in this case, he made he, he made the wrong call. Now, there are exceptions to this rule. If a woman is nursing a baby and and her husband dies, uh, so she cannot remarry until she finishes nursing, nursing. But in this case, what if she gave her child to a wet nurse? So she's not nursing anymore, and the child is being taken care of, or she weaned the child, or the child died. And so in all these cases, she's not nursing anymore. Then she can marry immediately. That's what the benaita says. رَبْحُنَا وَرَبْحُنَا بِرَدْ رَبْ يَوْشُوَىٰ سِبُولَ Abad وَبَدَىٰ Kiha مَتْنِيْتَىٰ And Rapapa papa and rab the son of Rabbi Yoshua, they learned this Braita and a case happened, and they were going to rule in accordance, or even act in accordance with this very B'rayta. But there was an elder woman there that said I had an incident uh, exactly like that, and I asked yes, Rav Nachman. Rav Rahman said it's prohibited. So it's related to the one to the tradition before, not only in its content but also um, in the uh, in the theme of uh, sages relying on a tradition, but um, uh, but making a mistake in the ruling. Interestingly, here they the mistake that they. They realized the mistake based on the testimony of this elder woman. Now, Eni, hold on. Why, is this true? That is prohibited. Did Rav Nachman really prohibit it? Uh, we know that Rav Nachman, who was close to the house of the exilarch, the person, the the Jewish uh, sage in charge of the whole. Community in Bavel, and he had the, there was such a case in the house of the G- Eshkaluta of a woman who was not nursing and so therefore stopped nursing and therefore was permitted or gave, had a wet nurse as it was permitted, and he permitted her to marry right away. So, how come Ram Nachman tell this elder woman that she's not allowed? Shane be adesh de la hadre behu, no, the house of the Eshkaluta is different because Eshkaluta is rich and powerful. So, if he hires a wet nurse, the wet nurse is going to be committed and not change her mind. Whereas, if a regular person, a woman hires a wet nurse, even if she agrees now, maybe she'll get a better job or she won't be committed, and so she always has to worry that the wet nurse might leave and then the mother will have to take care of the baby. And therefore, uh, for most people, uh, they cannot rely on this baraita. For most people, the woman will have to wait until the baby is old enough and only then uh, would be permitted. To remarry. Papi. told the ones that they, they were going to rely on the on the lenient ruling in this case, if not that this elder told them not to. But he's asking, like, what were you even thinking? Don't you know this We're gonna list a whole bunch of cases where a husband and wife, although married, were not together, and so there's no possibility that she was pregnant. Like if she ran to her father's house, uh, she liked being home better, or uh, there was anger in her husband's house, so they were they were not getting along, and they were basically separated. Or if the husband was in jail, or he went away on a long trip, or the husband was, uh, was old or sick and impotent, or if she was barren or she was elderly or never developed or she was a minor or if she miscarried after her husband died. So in all these cases, there's no way that she's pregnant or she cannot have a child now usually there's a law that if a woman is divorced or widowed she has to wait three months to get remarried we're talking about when they don't have a baby and she has to wait three months so that we can determine fatherhood in case she was pregnant from the previous marriage. And if she gets married before three months and now she she becomes pregnant, we won't know if she became pregnant from the second husband or if this is still a pregnancy from the first husband. So we're three months until she would be showing and we would know. So this is the opinion of Debi Meir that um, even though in all these cases, there's no way she can be pregnant we still apply the law across the board since for most women they can be pregnant so we make them wait three months even if in your particular case, there's no way that this woman is, is uh, pregnant, we still apply it across the board. Now, there's another opinion, Rebiyoseh, Matir le'adis v'naseh mi'yad, permits in all these cases because there's no way she's pregnant. But, halacha <laughs> when he makes a gezerah. And so, these gezerot, that would be the halacha against Rebiyoseh. What we see here is that the law follows the stringent opinion that we do not make any difference. We make the same law across the board and have to wait three months. So, too, in a case where a woman has a child, has an infant, uh, we and so therefore they have to wait, um, uh, they have to wait um, until the baby is weaned that should apply across the board, even if she hired a wet nurse. It wouldn't matter. So how, how come it up, Papa and Don't you know that, didn't you know this baraita? And we followed Bimeir and we do not make exceptions to a rule once you have a rule. And therefore, you should have been, uh, stringent and weighted. Why did you think that you could follow this lenient baraita? And so uh amrile love adatin so they answered him you're right it was not on our we, we it was not on our mind we didn't think of the relevance of this Baraita, uh so you know we uh um we're attacking Rav Huna. And um Rav Nach Papa, and Ravuna, the son of Ryoshua, we already rejected them and then reject them again. They're like, okay, you're right, it was a mistake. Okay, mutar the bottom line is if the baby died, then there's really no chance. That's it. There is no there is no chance that it's going to need any um uh, milk again, so she can get married right away. But if if the mother weaned him, um, uh, but it's before the time. Maybe the weaning is premature, and the baby actually will will become weak and will need to be nursed. And so she really has to wait for the full term, um, the, however long that is. Mor but Ashe Amad. A Nami Katla Leve Umin Nasubam. says, even in the case where the baby died, still we should prohibit her from uh from remarrying because if we permit her to remarry earlier, then we have to worry maybe this mother will kill her baby so that she can marry right away and not have to wait 24 months. And in fact, there was an actual case where a woman did so, uh, she strangled her child so she could get married right away. But we reject that. In that case, she was a, uh, that woman was insane. Uh, that's not a usual case. Women are not going to strangle their children for any reason, and certainly not just cause, so that they can get married a few months earlier than uh, otherwise they would be permitted to. So therefore, Um, a woman whose child died, is permitted to remarry right away. If a woman is given a child to nurse, you know, she's hired as a wet nurse, um, uh, she, uh, uh, she may not Nurse her own child uh, with, along with the one that she's hired to, and not the child of another woman. In other words, if one, if she is hired to nurse a woman, nurse a child, she has to devote herself exclusively to that child. Otherwise, she may not have enough milk for two babies, and then not give sufficient. A nourishment to the one that she's hired for. Furthermore, if the um, parents, uh, the father, um, decided a certain, a small amount of allowance to, for her food because she needs to eat extra now as she's nursing the child, then never, even though he only gave her a small amount, she has to eat a lot. She has to make sure to eat and drink sufficiently that she'll have plenty of milk for the child. And she should also not eat things that will be bad for her milk. Um, she has to take care of herself and be healthy. There's a similar idea now when you have a surrogate mother. You know, part of being a surrogate mother, she can't go smoke and drink. She has to keep healthy in order to keep the health of the child that she's carrying. Okay. Ben We have a question on this. If she cannot. Uh, she's not allowed to nurse her own child uh, together with the client's child, then all the more so she would not be allowed to nurse someone else's child. Why do you even have to say that? Isn't that obvious? Ma'u de tema benahu de chais ilave le tefe. No, we would have, th- we might have thought. You have to say it because you might have thought that her own child, where that she loves a lot, so she's going to give more milk to her own child, and that will be at the deficit of the one that she's hired for. And so maybe only that's not allowed. Aval ben he loved but maybe her friend's child, who she's uh, agreeing to nurse for free he loved to have la lava mem sayale if not that she had extra she would not give him anything she's going to prioritize the one that she's hired for rather than one that she's helping out for free and so i might have thought that her french child would be permitted kamash uh, so, therefore, this comes to teach that whether it's her own or a favor she's doing as a friend, she, once she's hired, is not allowed to nurse any of them. If she has her own child, then she can't take the job. And she can't help out a friend either. She has to devote her milk exclusively to whoever she is hired to feed. Pasca kim a ochele tarbe. mentioned that even if the family. Gives her only a small amount, she has to go and eat a lot. Mecha, where's she going to get a lot of food? If they only gave her money for a little food, she has to bring it from her own funds because she agreed to nurse the child. So, included that is that she will have to take care of herself in any way that she needs to. Lo tochalim modevim The further said, don't eat bad food. who? What are what? Some examples of food that is bad for for milk? Uh, hops and uh, young green grains and small fish and soil. I don't know what people would eat. Soil. Uh, baya says pumpkins and quince. pumpkins and palm branches. Even this kutakh, this uh, sour cream uh, yogurt, spoiled milk uh, with. Uh, croutons dish, and fried fish, all these are not good. Minaihu hu paske halba, minay halba. Some of them cause the milk to dry up. Some of them cause the milk to taste bad. Dimish, dimshamesha bedah haya, now once we're talking about advice, here's some other related advice. Um, if a couple in, engages in, in, in intercourse in a mill, where a mill is, is very shaky, then they're going to have epileptic children who are going to have seizures, because uh, like like the mill, that's very shaky. If uh, they have relations on the ground, they'll have long neck children if they have relations, uh, uh, someone if some a woman steps on a donkey's dung when pregnant, she'll have bold children. Not sure what the connection is. So, more about a woman's diet when she's pregnant. If she eats mustard, the kids will be gluttonous. If she eats garden cress, then they will cry. The kids will cry. If she eats brine, fish brine, then the kids will have blinking eyes, I guess like Fish have small eyes. If she eats soil, she'll have ugly children. If she drinks liquor, then she'll have dark children. If she drink has is meat and and drinks wine, however. These are good things, and she will have healthy children. If she has eggs, she'll have large-eyed children, like eggs are big. In similar shape. If she eats big fish, not the small fried fish, she'll have graceful children. If she eats celery, she'll have beautiful children. If she eats coriander, she'll have nice, plump children. If she eats etrogim, uh, then her children will smell, will smell beautiful. And we have such a case, the daughter of the Persian king, Shavor Malka, um, uh, ate etrogim while she was pregnant. And they would put her uh, in front of her father, and she was better smelling than all of the wonderful Persian spices. So that's pretty well, pretty a good smell because the Persians were famous for their good spices. But, uh, this child smelled better than all of them.